0: Have you ever been the recipient of, of someone's giving in a way that really impacted you? I, have you ever been in trouble? Have you ever been in a, a, a place where, where you needed help and someone came along and helped you and blessed you? When I was uh, 22 years old, I moved to Korea. This was me moving from Midwest America to countryside South Korea. I had only used chopsticks one time before I moved to Korea. I, I had not eaten kimchi before. I didn't know anything about Asian culture. It was like taking... So I grew up across from the cornfields, okay? There was a farm across from my house. My family lived on 10 acres. We had horses growing up. I avoided cities. Cities scared me. I thought, you know, the only thing that happens in cities are gangs and muggings. I wanted to stay away. Once in a while, I went, you know, I went to school in the suburbs of Chicago. I would venture into Chicago maybe once every four months or six months and, and only go in the shopping district and take the train back. I didn't know how to use public transportation, this was a, a huge step for me, and, and so the school that I was in was in the countryside. I didn't even know there was a convenience store for several weeks. I, you know, if you can imagine someone being out of place, it was me. Now, I was in a, a totally Korean environment. There was one Canadian teacher, but other than that, it was us in the rice paddies surrounding the school. One of the teachers said, I want to bring you to an English church. This was maybe six weeks, eight weeks into my time in South Korea. And so we took a bus. It took me about two and a half hours to get to church. Anybody traveling from two and a half hours away? Not, not here. It's a long, far way to travel to church. I get, we're on the way to church, and the plan is that his friend is going to meet me and bring me to this English church and he's going to go to his Korean church. We get to the bus terminal and he gets a phone call. I can tell something's wrong. He gets off the phone and he says, you know what? My friend is not here. uh, So I'm just going to drop you off at the church. Now, I didn't know anything about Seoul. Seoul is a big city. Who's been to Seoul? I mean, it's like, 10 million people. 50, greater Seoul is like 20 million people. It is a huge city. I had no idea how to use the, the subway system, the MRT. I didn't know, you know how to navigate even a station, a subway station. But he decides he's going to drop me off. So he drops me off at this church, which is about a 15-minute walk from the subway station. I didn't know that. But he drops me off, he says, okay, I'll see you at seven o'clock at this subway station that was on the other side of the city, on a different line. I, I was ignorant, I did not have a phone. Now, I had only been in Korea for about six weeks, eight weeks. I didn't have a phone, I didn't have any phone numbers. I had no idea what to do if I was lost or in trouble, and I didn't even know how I would find my school because my school was two and a half hours away but he left me in this church and I had about eight hours and so I made it through the service I said okay what am I going to do I'm going to go to a Bible study the the other thing is I only had about 250 NT 8,001 and this was for my bus ticket back to the school for the subway and for lunch and dinner not enough money in soul. So I go to this Bible study, and I see that this church has another campus on the other side of the city. And so I say, afterwards, I say, well, I might as well go to church. So I say, can someone bring, or could someone tell me where the, the subway station is? And this woman is in the, the Bible study, and she says, you know what? I'm going there. I'll take you. And so this middle aged woman, takes me from this church, and we're going to church, and I don't really have money for lunch because I need to buy a a bus ticket to get back, and I need to pay for the subway to get to these places, and she buys me lunch. Now, I wasn't going to starve, but she buys me lunch, and so then I get to the church service, and it is a wonderful service, and afterwards I say, I need to get to Sadang Station. I don't know how to get there. Could you point me in the right direction and she says you know what I live near there I'm gonna take you there and so she takes me to the station that I need to be at to get on the bus to get back to school now at this point I have five about 5,000 NT this is our 150 NT 5,000 won and the bus is 5,000 won to get back to school two-hour bus trip now I haven't had dinner and I'm really hungry, and there's a bakery there. And I decide I'm gonna risk it, and I buy garlic bread for dinner. And so I buy my garlic bread and I'm eating it, and now I do not have enough money for the bus. The other teacher shows up, I say, Tim, I don't have enough money for the bus. He says, It'll be all right. Before the, and I'm worried, you know, I'm 22. I'm worried about this. I don't have the money I need, I'm eating garlic bread for dinner. Another teacher pulls up in her car. And she says, hey, let me give you a ride back to school. And then we're driving back and she says, you know what? Let's get dinner. I'll buy you dinner. And so she buys me a proper dinner. (laughs) And then not only that, in the car she had this bedding that she had purchased. You see, I, I didn't have much money when I moved to South Korea. I don't think I had been paid yet. And she bought me bedding. I had been sleeping in a sleeping bag. Someone bought me lunch. Someone bought me dinner. And she bought this bedding for me and gave me a ride. And I had come to church that day afraid. Am I going to be okay? What happens if something goes wrong? Something as simple as navigating a city, which is so simple for us. We could do it blindfolded, but for me, was actually quite frightening. And God led me from place to place and fed me. And he made sure that I was okay. And this is God. You see, this is what sets Christianity apart from every other religion. God watches over us in the mundane, everyday things of life. That in the situations where we are afraid, we're not going to make it. God is at work guiding us, holding us by the hand, bringing people to help us. That day, God helped me through two women who gave of their own resources. They didn't have to buy me lunch. They didn't have to give me a ride. They didn't have to give me dinner. They didn't have to lead me place to place, but God moved in their hearts to help me. God uses people to bless others god uses people to take care of others and you know what it's great when you're on the receiving end have you ever been on the receiving end of someone's gift or blessing you see god is moving that person to help you but what if what if god wants to move you what if god is saying Uh, You're not the one who's going to receive. I have someone's in trouble who needs lunch, and I want you to take the money out of your wallet and give it to them so they can eat today. And you say, God, but what if they spend it on alcohol? I don't think that's a good idea. And and we walk. (laughs) And God says, I want you to give to this missionary. And we say, but God, they just went on vacation. Did you see their Facebook feed? It's okay for missionaries to go on vacation, by the way. You don't know. Yeah, we've got some wine wimmers saying amen here. You, you all can't post it on Facebook, can you? You know that. You don't know if God provided an all-expense vacation for them. But sometimes when we see that, our defenses go up, right? And we start thinking, are they going to waste it? Is it, I don't know if this is right. What about me? You know, Christmas is coming. How many people are thinking about Christmas already? You know, I have 29 people I need to buy gifts for. And that doesn't even include my children. 29 people in our families that we need to buy gifts for and so God says hey I need you to give to God Christmas is coming can you wait until after Chinese New Year (laughs) how many of you when God taps you on the shoulder and says I want you to give that the defenses come up and you go into threat mode you know, fight or flight mode. It's, it, this is not an opportunity. This is a threat. Because what about my family? What about the Christmas gifts? What about my retirement, God? Who's going to take care of me if I give you this money? I earned this money. I deserve to be helped. And God taps us on the shoulder because He wants us to give, and we put up the defenses. And we, instead of seeing it as an opportunity, we see it as a threat. Have you ever been in that place? If I'm honest, I'm in that place. I was in that place last night. I got contacted by someone new. I was like, oh no, are they going to ask me for money if I respond to this? And then I remembered I needed to preach this sermon. I said, okay, I shouldn't see this as a threat. It could just be someone I haven't talked to for a while saying, Hello. Jesus is talking to a people just like us who are afraid to give. That when you talk to them about giving, they get anxious. And so Jesus, before they, he's just told this parable about being rich toward God. And before people can start to bring out their arguments and say, but Jesus, what about, what about, what about my family? What about my house? What about my retirement? If I do what you tell me to do, what about my life? Before they can even say that, Jesus starts to speak to them. He says, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you'll eat or your body, what you'll wear for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about your life. But Jesus, if I give my money away, what about my life? What about me? Don't worry. Why Shouldn't we worry? What is the first thing Jesus says? He says, consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They have no storehouse or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Jesus wants his followers to be free to give. Jesus wants his followers to be free to partner with God to help those in need. And yet fear holds us back. Fear that we will not have enough. Fear that we will not be okay. Fear that things will not go well for us. And so Jesus says, hey, look at the birds. Pay attention to the birds. Did you know that scientists estimate there are two to 400 billion birds on this planet? 200 to 400 billion birds. And Jesus is saying God knows each and every one of them. And he's making sure they get food. If God can manage 200 to 400 billion birds, he can manage you. You. Can you imagine a father who had a pet bird that he loved and he cared for and he fed and then he had a two-year-old boy that he let starve to death? It's impossible. Do you know any pet lover who neglects their children? If you love a pet, you love your own you love your children god cannot take care of birds and not take care of you but jesus knows this isn't enough so he he keeps going he says look at the look at the lilies look at the flowers even solomon in all his splendor was not dressed like one of these if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? How much more? Can you imagine a mother who loves flowers and puts flowers on her, on her table every day and enjoys the beauty and, and makes it beautiful and then doesn't care what her daughter wears? Is that possible? Is it possible for someone who loves beauty and flowers to purchase flowers and not take care of their child? Even if that were possible, it's impossible for God. Because the flowers are here. Look, at, I mean, there are so many different types of flowers. Again, scientists, they, they can't even count them all, but they're The latest estimate is about 400,000 different types of flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow. And yet they're so incredibly beautiful. And they instantly change the atmosphere of the room when you have fresh flowers on a table. But the flowers only last for a couple days and then you got to throw them away. And God, Jesus is saying, if God put so much care into stuff that gets thrown away how much more does he care for you you see God wants us to be liberated to give he wants us to be fearless in our giving he wants us to be free in how we help each other because God cares for every individual on this planet and some of them are in trouble Some of them are on the edge of being lost. Some of them don't have enough food to eat a proper meal. And you may be walking by and God is saying, I want you to help this person. And it's in those moments that we can get defensive and we become fearful and we say, but what about me, God? I don't know if I can afford this. I don't know if I can handle this. If I do this, what will happen to me? And Jesus is saying, look at the birds. Look at the flowers. You don't need to worry. You're going to be all right. Why? Because God takes care of them. And then he says, look, the pagan world the people who don't worship God, the people who have no relationship to me, they're the ones who chase after what to eat and what to drink and what they wear and how they're going to live. They're the ones who go without sleep. They're the ones who are worried. They are the ones who are fearful. They're the ones who are chasing, but you don't have to live like them. Why don't you have to live like that? I mean, for the world, if, if, if God isn't going to help you, you better make it happen. And if you're Buddhist or if you're Taoist, you don't know if God's going to help you. You know that God is going to help you. God doesn't even know your name. You have to remind him. And you have to hope that what you did was enough, what you gave was enough, that he would somehow decide, I, I weighed it in the balance and now I'm going to help you. That's what the world has to do. But God, our God, is what? Jesus says your father knows that you need to. There is no other religion that says God is father. I don't take care of my children based on how well they behave. My sons can have a bad day and I'm still going to feed them. My sons can have a bad week and I'm still going to buy them shoes. My care for them is not dependent on their obedience to me. It's because of the relationship I have. God's care for you It's not dependent on your good deeds. It's not dependent on your ability to avoid sin. He is father to you. What does it mean to be father? What does it mean that my boys have a father? It it means that As my wife said, if they they wake up in the middle of the night and they come to our bed and it's 2 a.m. in the morning and they have just woken me up out of my deep REM sleep and they say, Daddy, I'm thirsty. I get out of bed and I get them what they need. It means that I'm going to pay for music lessons if my son wants music. I'm going to play for sports if my son wants sports, and you know sports here, it's expensive. And they're in basketball. And the middle child, I say, Son, how is basketball today? He says, Oh, I didn't go. I forgot. I went to the art classroom. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I paying for this? Because he's my son. Because he's my son. And I don't yank basketball away from him because he went to the art class. We may have a serious conversation about this. (laughs) I go to the store to get what I need, and I buy them drinks. Why? Not because they need them, but because they're my children. I get them books they want. Why? Not because they need them, but because they want them. They're my children. I don't do that for other kids in the neighborhood. I don't do it for random people. I do it for my sons. You see, when you have a a family relationship, there is a security. You can give things away. Jesus is saying, don't be worried. Don't be anxious. You can give it away. When you have a relationship... You bless people. My wife is pregnant. I just dropped that for you all. Number four. Excited! I'm excited. I, I may be in trouble, but I was trying to figure out how do I say this. I'm like, well, we'll just put it in the sermon. You know, so so my wife says I want cake. I said, okay, I'll I'll, I'll find you some cake. I think they have some at Starbucks. I'm like, what kind do you want? And she's like, I don't know, just buy a bunch. I'm like, that stuff's expensive. And I'm going to Starbucks and I go buy a bakery and, and they have cakes there. And I'm like, okay, which, she wants a lemon one. And then I see all these other ones. And I ended up buying four. And these are not Starbucks. There's, it's just a bakery. And Starbucks is around the corner. I decide I'm going to go around the corner. I go to Starbucks and I'll buy another three. Why? Because she's my wife. And because sometimes... Sometimes it's not about being efficient, it's just love. And God is saying, Jesus is saying, this is your God. Your God is the God who doesn't do efficient, he does love. Your God is a God who knows you by name, who knows what you need, and has a relationship to you that is like you to your child. So you don't need to be afraid, that somehow by you giving to people in need, you will not have what you need. Jesus wants you to be liberated to give. I told you the story last week about how I went to 7-Eleven with my two boys, and I bought some things for them, and it came out to... 751 nt and i did not want 49 nt and change and so i asked caleb if i could have one nt from his coin purse and he said no (laughs) are you going to pay me back and he was in full-on threat mode i was asking him for one nt so i could buy the drinks for his brothers and he flat out refused until i promised him i would pay him back you see that's that's can be what our giving is like god needs a little thing and he turns to us and he says could i have this please there's a hungry person here who needs it and we go into full on threat mode Now, what I realized in that moment is my son did not understand my character. My son did not understand that if I borrowed from him, it was not because I needed money, it was because I wanted him to join me. My son did not understand that I would give it back to him. In fact, Probably, I would say, you know what, son? I can't find a 1NT coin. Here is a 10NT coin, or here is a 50NT coin, or you know what? I don't want to be bothered to get the change. Here's a 100NT. Why? Because I love my son. He's my son. I'm not counting 1NT coins. I want him to partner with me, and Jesus is telling us, don't worry about your life. There are people who need help. There are people who need to experience God's love. There is someone who needs to know that there is a God who is watching over them. And one of the ways they can learn that is if one of God's children opens up their wallet and gives them what they need. Jesus is saying, don't worry about this. Look at the Father. Look at how he cares for people. Look at how he cares for the birds. Remember how he has cared for you. And we hold on to it. Why do we hold on to it? Why do we hold back? Why do I go into threat mode when God prompts me to give to someone? Because I like to buy stuff. i like to buy stuff i like to buy things for myself and sometimes i feel like man god if you take this away i can't get what i really want and what does jesus say the next thing is is he says seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well he's saying look don't chase after the things of the world Chase after God's kingdom, where God reigns and rules the things of God, and and the things of God are not in stuff. Romans tells us that the, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And we all want joy and peace, but it's not in stuff, it's in the kingdom. And Jesus is saying, you are liberated. You are free to seek the kingdom first, to put God first. And all the things that you need will be added to you. And then he says, look, don't be afraid. Don't be anxious. Don't be worried about this. It is the Father's, he has been pleased to give you the kingdom. God actually wants to give you the righteousness and the joy and the peace. And God wants to add blessings into your life. And, and Jesus is saying, don't be afraid. This is how you do it. This is how you take a step forward. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Oh. Please know, Jesus, give me the 10%. Right? Let me go back to the 10%. How about just the 10%, not the sell your possessions part? That's too much. That's for the radical Christians, the y (laughs) Not for me. I got children. I got 29 Christmas presents to buy. Don't be afraid. You see, Jesus is, is inviting us here. And your salvation is not dependent on how much money you give to the poor. Your salvation is dependent on confessing Jesus as Lord. But Jesus liberates us to give to the poor without fear. Jesus liberates us to give to his kingdom. How do we give to his kingdom? We give to his kingdom to provide for the spiritual needs and the physical needs of others so that people might know his care, his love, his concern in the name of Jesus. And Jesus is liberating us from stuff and he says, look, Provide yourselves purses in heaven. You can't take your money with you, but Jesus says you can send it ahead. You can exchange it. You can exchange the 100 NT in your pocket for heavenly treasure. You can make that trade when you walk by Taipei Main Station and you see someone. Who's homeless? You can make the trade. You can take what you could buy, a temporary thing, and give it to someone so they can buy a meal and get treasure in heaven. How many of you have had something ruined by mold? Rick, you feel my pain, right? I had four chairs, four chairs that were ruined by mold. What do you, you can't even sell those You throw them out. How many things, how much technology have we purchased that's obsolete and worthless now? You see, this, this is the nature of stuff. We buy it, we use it, it breaks, it's gone. And there are some people who live their lives and spend their money for stuff and that's all they get. But Jesus is pointing us to something else. He's saying, look, provide yourselves purses in heaven. Provide yourself treasure in heaven. How do we do that? We partner with God in giving it away. We partner with him in giving it away. You see, God knows every hungry person on this planet and he wants to feed them. If God knew me, saw me as a lost, scared, 22-year-old country boy in the city and he could send people to help me and guide me and feed me, he wants to do that in Taipei. Somewhere there is a little boy in this city Whose father is an alcoholic and absent and cannot buy him clothes. And so he's wearing raggedy clothes that are stained to school. And he's getting bullied by kids. And he's thinking, does God care about me? And God is speaking to his people. Will you join me in this? Will you help me in this? Can I borrow 100 NT from you? Can I borrow a 1,000 NT from you? You see, Proverbs says that he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord and the Lord will repay him. When I'm asking Caleb for money, it's not because I need his money. It's because I want him to help me, to join me. And if he says no, I still have the power to purchase what I want. How much more does God have the ability to provide how he wants? But he's asking you to join him. He's asking you to help him. Because there are people who need to know that God sees them and there is a God who provides. And we need to be liberated from our desire for stuff. Because Jesus did not liberate us to establish our own kingdom that is about my reign and my rule and my kingdom in my domain, in my house with my comfort and my stuff. He liberated me from my own kingdom to enter into his kingdom where the way up is the way down, where the rich become poor so that the lost Can be found, and this is the life that God is calling us into. And He's saying, If you will join me, I'll take care of you. You don't have to worry about stuff, I'll take care of you. Just look at the birds, look at the flowers. Jesus didn't die on the cross for the birds. Jesus didn't die on the cross for the flowers. He died on the cross for you. He's not going to let you go. He's not going to let you go. Walk into freedom. Walk out of the lust for stuff and into the joy and the peace of the kingdom. And what does Jesus say? Where your treasure is, there your heart is. If you want a heart for God, if you want to be on fire for God, start giving money away. I'm serious. You don't have to give it to this church, although I would urge you to give here. But don't think I'm trying to manipulate you. I'm just saying... Give it away. the more you give away, the more joyful you will be. and sometimes it's so hard. It's so hard to give that ten percent away. Start giving. start giving. start buying people lunch. Start looking for homeless people on your walk. Start giving to those in need, and maybe it's just hundred and T and that's what you give. but give hundred and T five times this week or next week give. Thirty and T. buy the flowers on the street. People who are selling flowers for you to put them in the air freshener in the car is because they need help. Just buy the flowers every single time. Not because you like the smell, but because you want to partner with God to help someone who's in need. Oh, you can be liberated. You can be liberated. Where you put your treasure is where your heart is going to be. So if you put your treasure into stuff, your heart is going to be with your stuff and not with Jesus. But if you start putting your treasure into Jesus and, and what he cares about and what he's concerned about, you will be amazed at what happens inside of you. Some of you, your spiritual growth may be stunted because your purse has been closed. Some of you, your spiritual growth may be blocked because you are not giving God lordship over your money. across this earth and he wants you to partner with him and as you partner with him people are going to know that there is a living God and his name is Jesus and people who come into this community come into this church are going to see that it's so different from the rest of the world because we're not afraid. We're not afraid to be generous. We're not afraid to help people because we know we have a God who takes care of us. And we may not get everything we like on our timeline, right, Dior? You don't don't get everything you like on your timeline. But God gives us everything we need because he's a father. He's a father. He's a father. Don't be afraid. Sell your possessions. Give to the poor and provide for yourselves purses in heaven that will never wear out. Where no thief breaks into steel, where no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's pray. God, you are such a good father. You are such a great, God who's given us so much and who says that you are the father who watches over us I pray that you would free us from our fear I pray that you would free us from fear and enable us to live for you and to give freely oh Lord I pray that something would shift in our hearts as we take communion as we meditate on how you gave us everything and the best you had, how Jesus, though he was so rich, became poor so that we might become the children of God. Lord, let us have that heart. Liberate us. Set us free to give fearlessly, to give freely, to give joyfully.